0: on Local Now, Channel 525.
1: Thank you for joining us today. Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today.
0: Which is as important as dealing with their actions because a bad attitude lead to bad behavior. Did you get that? A bad attitude, say it with me, a bad attitude leads to bad behavior. Thank you. I'm going to tell you something. You do your child no favor when you let them get away with having a negative attitude. I know many in authority today uh, and CPS and everybody else, they frown upon spanking and look at it as it is some kind of physical abuse, which it can be if it is done out of anger and excessively. It really can be. The Amplified Translation says in Ephesians 4, 6, 4, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. In other words, do not exasperate them. They spilt milk and you ready to whoop them as if you never spilled milk. Do not exasperate them to the point of resentment with demands that are trivial. You scream into the top of your voice over the little things. You're unreasonable. You're humiliating your children. You're being abusive to your children. Or by showing favoritism. This is another way you exasperate your children. And your children know when you're not fair. And they know when you're playing biasness. When you are a difference to any of them. But bring them up tenderly and lovingly. In the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Parents, you will bless your children and their future. If you obey what the scripture says. When it comes to discipline, you say, what does it say? Let me just give you a few, because some of y'all, you don't read your Bible enough to know. Proverbs 13, 24 says, whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him or her. Hebrews twelve eleven says, for the moment, all disciplines seem painful rather than pleasant. You ever was about to get a woman with your child and your mama or dad said, now this going to hurt me more than you? You say, yeah, really? <laughs> you see, for the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the, yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Proverbs 23 13 and 14 says, do not withhold correction from a child. You, you're doing them no service, you're doing them a disservice. Do not withhold correction from a child. For if you beat him with a rod, he will not die. Now, I didn't say this. This is the Bible. Now, don't go home and kill your kids now. Okay. All right. Verse 14. You shall beat him with a rod and deliver his soul from hell. Is that the Bible? Parents. Now, listen to this. Parents Here's the other side. All you listening. Parents. Be mindful that you should be sensitive in the Holy Spirit's leading as to when to use other forms of disciplines. Let me say that again. I don't want you to miss it. Be mindful. You should be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading as to when to use other forms of discipline as your child grow older. You don't deal with a 10 year old like you do a two year old. Be mindful also that each of your children are unique in temperament and personality, which means each one may not respond to the same form of discipline in the same exact way. Some children, you can just raise your, what did I tell you? And then, oh, oh, oh. I, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I, I, I won't do it no more, daddy. I won't do it. And you back off and they just write. The other rascal. <laughs> you say this. Did, didn't you hear me? And he won't even answer. And that's when it's time for the board of education. <laughs> You can't deal with all your children. They, they have the same way. They have different temperaments and personalities, different bits. Know your children and the Holy Ghost will help you know your children when you're in the spirit of the living God. Number eight, a righteous father will make it priority to pass on his righteous heritage, not only to his children, But also to his children's children for generations to come. Proverbs 1322 A says, A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. An inheritance to not only his children, but his children's children. When we think about inheritance, we often think about material things such as money, homes, furniture, family, heirlooms, jewelry, cars, etc. But the greater inheritance is a spiritual legacy, such as, you know what you need to leave your children? Salvation. They got saved because of your witness and your testimony. You need to leave your children a strong spiritual foundation. What a legacy. You ought to leave for your children and grandchildren a well-rooted life that all the winds of this world and confusion of this world cannot uproot them. You need to leave to your children an example of being faithful in service in the Lord's church. You need to leave to your children of how to be a good example. You need to leave to your children, this kind of heritage, a good reputation, leave to your children, words of wisdom, leave to your children, teaching life lessons, leave to your children, prayers. I still can hear mama and daddy, and especially my grandmother's prayers, 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 which they will remember long after you've departed this life, leaving, you know what you can leave to your children, leave, uh, your personal Bible rich with notes that you have annotated down through the years and a treasure chest of precious memories. You know what I do? I, that's why I say have a Bible. I write in my Bible. I annotate. I highlight. I color code. I do all that. And when I've gone through that Bible and worn it out, you know what I do? I, I'm going I give it to my son. I give one to my daughter. I'm going to give one to each of my grandchildren. So when I'm gone, they can look at, look at grandpa's notes. I've been gone in heaven 20 years and they sitting there still looking, trying to figure out what what did he mean? Look at that. He highlighted that that he highlighted that for a reason. What about leaving a Bible with annotated notes for each of your children? But now you can't do that if your Bible's collecting dust. You know what you need to leave for your children? A treasure chest of precious memories. Beloved, these are qualities of a righteous father, and it is our prayer that we raise up the standard of our fatherhood. We raise the standard of our fatherhood. Fathers, what kind of legacy are you leaving your children? Is it a legacy of strife? Do they remember you for bringing much pain, abuse, a fractured family? When they saw you, all they saw was a daddy who brought trauma and bad memories. Or are you leaving a legacy of Christ likeness, strong faith? Are you leaving a legacy of wisdom, patience, encouragement and biblical principles that your family can hold on to throughout their lives? Let me tell you something, my beloved. Number nine, allow the church to help you reinforce the teaching of your home by coming with your family to in-person worship. Unless there are extenuating circumstances beyond your control. We certainly understand that. Allow the church to help you reinforce the teachings in your home by bringing your children and your family to in person worship, to Bible study, to Sunday school, to youth ministry, to vacation Bible school to math camp, science camp, and on and on. Hebrews 10, 25 says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the man of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. The church is a place of spiritual connection. The church is a place of spiritual healing. Listen, if you don't bring your ch- children to church now, then it's, it's going to be a greater struggle for them to get to church when they're 21 and 25. The church is a place of spiritual renewal. It is a place for them to spiritually reset. It is a place of spiritual support. The church is a place of spiritual growth and spiritual nurturing. You can't bring your children to church once a month and think that they're going to have a strong foundation. The church is a place where you can receive a timely word from the Lord. Therefore, make up your mind to bring your family to the house of God to receive what the Lord has for you, which builds a spiritual foundation upon which they can build their lives. Number 10. An exemplary father is an available father. An exemplary father is an available father. One of the primary reasons America is in the state, the current state that she's in, which is a state of decline. It's because of fatherless homes, fatherless homes, fatherless homes, break my heart. According to the Blue Ridge as of January 2020, listen to these stats. Ninety percent of all homeless and runaway children are from fatherless homes. Seventy one percent of all high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. of all adolescent patients in chemical abuse centers come from fatherless homes. 85% of all youth in prison come from fatherless homes. And 63% of youth commit suicide because of fatherless homes. And what breaks me is when a child is 12 years old commit suicide because their boyfriend or girlfriend broke up with them. What are they doing dating at 10 and 12? Can't count, can't read, can't add, don't know history. But talking about I love them. You them what love means? They can't even tell you. A fuzzy feeling. And and then they commit suicide. They get that wrapped up. And the, the children who are un- undignified They mess up themselves. They, they, they dismiss their dignity, put stuff out to their boyfriend and girlfriend in their nakedness. And then they break up with them. And then that no good boy or girl, they put it out on the internet. Look, look what she is. You better write this down and write it down. Good God. Holy ghost. Help me. I declare to you in the power Of the Holy Ghost and in the name of Jesus, sin never works out. Sin never works out. And the scripture also says in numbers, be sure your sin will find you out. Oh, God. Proverbs 22, 6 says train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Dads, you cannot train up your children in the way he or she should go. If you are an absentee father, you must be available to impact your child, to mold your children, to shape your grandchildren, to give inculcate within them. Spiritual growth and development. You will regret the day. You made money, your career, your hobbies a more of a priority than your children. There is no substitute for your presence in your home. You as a daddy minister to your children with your presence. Fathers, what does it profit you to gain the whole world and lose your family? You can play golf, lose your family. You know the stats of, of your favorite Baseball or basketball team, but you lost your family. You make big dollars, but you lose your family. The Lord will hold us responsible for the stewardship of our family. Finally, but not the least. Finally, some of you saying finally. You watch a three hour movie and can't sit in here one hour. Game go overtime. I saw that game go overtime the other day. Did y'all laughing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was late, too. It was late. It was, I said, oh, no, it's late. I, I said, somebody please win this game. I don't want to see overtime. Win the game. I got some else I got to do. Win the game. Somebody win the game. Win the game. You said to come to church. Ooh, I get my best sleep on Pastor Drake. Satan, don't mind you coming to church if he can be if I can be your best Sleep. L- listen at this. <laughs> listen, number 11. Thank God. This is. <laughs> an exemplary father is an affectionate father. This is my This is my come home point, y'all. Are you done? I'm done now. An exemplary father is an affectionate father. Luke 15, 20 through 21 says, And he arose and came to his father. This is, a, this is a par- the, the parable of the prodigal son. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. His boy, he kissed him. Say kiss him. Say kiss him. him." Daddy kissed his son. I'm nasty. The daddy kissed the son. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. You know what he said? I wish I could do every phrase of this, but time won't let. When you say sin against heaven, you say, what does that mean? To sin against heaven is synonymous with sinning against God. Because God is on the throne in heaven. I have sinned against God. And in your sight, daddy. And look what he says. He come back humbly. And am no longer worthy to be called your son. I got something to say, y'all, and I'll be done. When the prodigal son came back home, his father had compassion on him, ran and fell on his neck and kissed that boy. Dads, when was the last time you hugged your son or your daughter, hugged your wife and your children in an affectionate, healthy, and loving manner? So many families are starving for affection And begin to look for affection in the wrong places from those who will exploit them because they never got the right affection in the house. Whether your children are young, whether they are adults, whether they are obedient or disobedient, he's not obedient. I I ain't gonna kiss that rascal. I'm gonna slap it. You should not hesitate to display affection toward your children when they're at their best. And at their worst. Now, listen, uh, Daddy, I'm talking to you now. Say what you want. Are oh, you scared to say it because you don't want to hear it? Say what you want. It's a little bit loud. I don't know. I don't think you really want it. What you want? Refuse to be so macho and manly and proud that you deprive your family of the godly affection that they need. They're starving for it. Be mindful. The father of the prodigal son ran to him. I believe that's him. He ran to him. He ran to him. He said, I'm going to stay right here till he come. I'll make him take every step toward me. No, he ran to him. Fell on the boy's neck. And kissed him when he was dirty. Kissed him when he smelled like hogs. Kissed him when he was financially and spiritually bankrupt. And not knowing the prodigal son was coming home a repentant man. The father did not hold back his affection and he fell on his son's neck and kissed him. You know what, in my sanctified imagination, I personally believe that the father lost control of himself in tears and poured out his affection on his son. Can't you see daddy kissing him till a fall trip fall on the ground and he's still kissing that boy's neck over and over again. Fathers, where is your affection? Your children need you now more than ever before. They need your affection. Be like the father of the prodigal son and not focus on what your child did. I know they did some things, but you did some things too. Come on, don't, don't act like you've been that holy when you were a child. Your, your memory, you know what you did. You know some things your children don't know about you. Hmm? Don't don't focus on when, when they come back. Sometimes they leave out marriage, here come three of them, and one on the way. I told you, you lay your make your bed hard, lay in it. Some of y'all good at saying that. Just beat folk up. Did I tell you? Next time you go listen to me. And you got six weeks and bye. I don't see none of that here. Be like the father of the prodigal son and not focus on what your child did, what they have lost, and how much they have misbehaved, but love them like the heavenly father loved you. When we do this, we look more like our heavenly father who redeemed us in spite of our sinfulness, because we, too, were lost. We, too, were estranged from God. We, too, were once rebellious. We would we, too, were once wayward and estranged from God. Romans 5, eight said, but God demonstrated his love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. May we as fathers emulate. The love of our heavenly father. Jesus loved us in spite of our sins, in spite of our wretchedness, in spite of all the stuff we've done against him. He loved us enough to die on the cross and demonstrated how much he loved us in our sinful condition, took our sins, put it on his shoulder and became the sin bearer and died to redeem us, to emancipate, emancipate us and to set our sinful souls free. But the story didn't stop there. They took him off the cross and they put him in the tomb. But early Sunday morning. Anybody know the early Sunday morning story? Anybody know about, you know, you, you can't just leave him in the grave. You got to get him out now. He's not a dead savior. He's a risen savior. Early Sunday morning. Early before the, the dew fell on the roses. Early before the cock crow, My rock, my shield. My savior, my sanctifier, my redeemer, my anchor, my holy one, my defense, my high Tower, my everything, my anchor, my hope, my righteousness, my Lord and my God. There is none like him. He was in the earth, but early. I say early. I say. Anybody know about early Sunday morning? He got up out of the grave with all power and stepped back on resurrection ground. Took the scene from death and victory from the grave. And he did it because he loved you with an unconditional love. And he says to you today, you go now and do like I have shown you and love those who have hurt you deeply, Betrayed you deeply. Pain you deeply. Deceived you deeply. Let bitterness go. So you can be free. And serve God. To the maximum of your potential. And all God's children say it. Amen. Amen. You're here today. This is your opportunity. Some of you are like the prodigal son. You've wandered away from God. You're a prodigal daughter. You've wandered away from God. You've sinned against God. You've sin- There's a child here you've sinned against your parents. There's a grandchild you've sinned against your parents. Your grandparents. There's a child here who's been stubborn. There's a child here with a bad attitude. There's a child here who can't even be trusted. Can't be trusted. you grown. Your daddy ought to say, when you drive one place, you ought to be where you say you're driving to. I'm going to tell you something, children. Never lie to your parents. They are God's representative in that home. Parents, you ought to be saying amen. And somebody here... You offended God, you've wandered away, you've gotten yourself dirty, and you smell like an old hog. But God says, You know what? You come to me smelling like a hog, but when I get through with you, you're gonna have the aroma of Christ all over you, all over you, and you're gonna diffuse it, and people gonna take note you've been with Jesus. Regardless of where you are in life, Jesus is sufficient. To save you, to redeem you, to help you. Some of you need, some of you hold it on to stuff. Some of you mad at your parents, your grandparents, your great-grandparents. Some of you mad at your siblings, your cousins, your uncles, your aunts. Some of you haven't spoken 30 years. And you're a prodigal. You haven't repented. You got all this pride. You know everything. Can't nobody tell you nothing. And God is saying, surrender. Come home and let me make you like me, a child of God. You come to Jesus
1: now. As committed children of the only true and living God, we walk by faith and not by sight. Life on earth is not easy. Yet, even in the midst of trials and tribulations, we have joy, hope, peace, strength, and God's blessed assurance as we face trials. Best yet, we look forward to hearing our Savior say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, and eternal life with our Lord and Savior. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.